Today is Saturday, September 10, 2022. I recorded this episode on Thursday, September 8. But I was already finished when I heard the breaking news that the Queen is dead. I refer you to the tribute I immediately wrote and published on my blog. More to the point, though, I'm recording this preface today because I think it's important for you to appreciate the fateful sequence of Liz Truss becoming Prime Minister on Monday, me recording this episode on Thursday, and then news breaking of the Queen's death and Charles becoming King Charles III later that same day. Hello, and welcome to Talking Opinions. I am Anthony Livingston Hall. Members of Boris Johnson's own Conservative Party forced him to resign as British Prime Minister on July 7. This because he partied while Covid ravaged Britons who were not otherwise fretting away in lockdown. And then he lied about it repeatedly. But he enjoyed a reputation for Houdini-like escapes from political scandals. And so nearly everyone thought the charismatic and vaudevillian Johnson would escape this one too. Except that the absence of Johnson's buffoonery might explain why the two-month leadership campaign to replace him was about as exciting as watching white paint dry. <laughs> Never mind that the top contenders seemed to think they were competing, not to be British Prime Minister, but to be the best Margaret Thatcher impersonator. But the Conservative Party finally put everyone out of their misery on Monday, when it announced that Liz Truss had defeated Rishi Sunak by a fittingly less than suspenseful margin of 57.4 to 42.6% to become Britain's new Prime Minister. It is notable, though, that nary a mention has been made of the fact that she's a woman. As it happens, I've been championing the replacement of men with women not just in politics, but in every arena of professional life. My blog posts in this regard range from Cracking the Glass Ceiling, First Woman to Become President in South America, on December 12, 2005, to International Women's Day, Bar Men from Politics, on March 8, 2022. But I can also cite podcast episode 15, Men Should Be Barred from Politics, on December 26, 2020. 
and so I am heartened by this routine acceptance of trust as Prime Minister. Indeed, it speaks volumes that Britain has already had three women leaders, but America has had none. But it does not reflect well on the purportedly progressive Labour Party in Britain and its sister Democratic Party in America that the Conservative Party in Britain is the one that has produced all three. Then again, it might be that the media were just too busy mocking Truss for fashioning her leadership campaign in ways Sunak surely wished he could on the pioneering one Thatcher ran in 1975. After all, Truss not only spoke the way Thatcher spoke and stumped everywhere she stumped, but even dressed the way Thatcher dressed. It was a truly bizarre thing to watch unfold. But some of us are old enough to say, we knew Margaret Thatcher. Margaret Thatcher was on TV every day, and there was no internet to draw us away. Liz Truss is no Margaret Thatcher. Which brings me to Rishi Sunak and why he lost, and deservedly so. Common sense dictates that politicians play Robin Hood by lacing stump speeches with promises to take money from the rich to give to the poor. This, even though everyone knows the policies they implement, invariably make the rich richer and the poor poorer. But Sunak seemed utterly lacking in this common sense, because only that explains him proudly admitting on the campaign trail that as Chancellor he took money from poor urban areas to give to rich suburban areas. This admission was as stupefying as it was disqualifying. After all, Sunak was not just born right there in England, but raised among the very poor Indians, blacks and other minorities, who he was now taking so much pride in robbing to enrich the rich. <laughs> Frankly, it's as inexcusable as it is unforgivable that the man who wanted to be Britain's first non-white prime minister would turn the moral lesson of Robin Hood on its head like this. Uh, by the way, one of the greatest moments in television for me came as I was watching the June 30 edition of Hard Talk on the BBC. Host Stephen Sacker was grilling Singapore's Home Affairs and Law Minister Keishan Mugam, who, like Sunak, is of Indian descent, about why his country's three prime ministers have all been of Chinese descent, because Shan Mugam could barely contain his indignation as he asked Sacker why Britain's 55 prime ministers have all been white. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.
Little did I know that, with Johnson's resignation just one week later, Britain would give Sunak a chance to finally integrate its ranks of prime ministers. Of course, why he even bothered trying to show that he was a more suitable heir to Thatcher than Truss is beyond me. Granted, Sunak did not help his cause by playing the race card. But this is what all uppity non-whites like him do when whites inevitably remind them that no matter their success or assimilation, they are not white. <laughs> In this case, when Sunak began seeing the writing on the wall, instead of fighting the good fight to the end, he began complaining about mysterious forces that be backing trust. Among the many reasons nobody took him seriously is that this complaint was coming from an Aravist who infamously scoffed at the very notion of having working-class friends. So the hypocrisy inherent in him of all people playing the race card was just too rich for words. Not to mention that he had already alienated a critical number of voters who, like him, hail from immigrant families by proposing an immigration plan for England that would make even Viktor Orban, the neo-Nazi leader of Hungary, blush. Frankly, Sunak came across like little more than a British Uncle Tom. That, of course is a self-hating non-white who is so desperate to please whites that he champions more racist causes than any respectable white ever would. This is why I am happy, not just that Sunak lost, but that Truss won. Sure enough, she has already vindicated my preference for women as political leaders. For, thanks to her appointments, no white man will hold any of the four great offices of state for the first time in British history. Indeed, she has more than compensated for Sunak's shortcomings by appointing Black James Cleverly as Foreign Secretary, Black Quasi Kwatang as Chancellor, a.k.a. Treasury Secretary, and indeed, Indian Suella Braverman as Home Secretary. Even so, I'd be remiss not to decry the plainly cynical spectacle of the Conservative Party using MPs of Indian descent whose parents emigrated to the UK to front draconian and arguably racist immigration policies. After all, Suella Braverman will only be doing for Truss what Pretty Patel did for Johnson in this respect. Apropos of which, nobody seemed the least bit surprised that Sunak, the first non-white candidate for Prime Minister, was proposing the UK's most racist immigration policy ever. <laughs> to be fair, though, this is no different from the Republican Party here in America, 
using Black Tim Scott in the Senate and Black Clarence Thomas on the Supreme Court to front policies to roll back civil rights and to repeal laws to redress inequality, like those on affirmative action. So, given all that, here's to trust making a hard pivot from the Tory candidate who played to the Brexiteers in the peanut gallery to the Prime Minister who must now show the diplomatic skills necessary to chart Britain's course on the world stage. <laughs> Granted, this is the same woman who pivoted without a hinge from being a radical anti-monarchist at university to being a conservative MP in Parliament. <laughs> and perhaps even more telling, she's the seasoned politician who pivoted from being a pro-EU Remainer to being an anti-EU Brexiteer. <laughs> Still, on a more positive note, despite spending her campaign channeling Thatcher, Truss has appointed a cabinet that must have Thatcher rolling over in her grave. After all, Thatcher appointed 24 white men, and she was their only mother hen. By contrast, Truss has appointed 20 men, but two of them are black, and two are Indian. But she has also appointed nine women, and one of them is black, and one is Indian. But you can see why I think it's a good bet that she will make this pivot with relative ease. I'd like to hail Truss as a political chameleon and call it a day. Except I feel obliged to confess my unease that her North Star seems to be little more than a well-lubricated weather vane. And, truth be told, only God knows where that will cause her to lead the UK. Having said all that, I shall leave you with this very important point of clarification. I do not think a Liz Truss government will be any better for Britain than a Mike Pence government would have been for America if Republicans were principled and courageous enough to force Donald Trump to resign the way Conservatives forced Boris Johnson to. That's it. Subscribe for free wherever you listen to your podcasts. And for thought-provoking commentaries, often laced with humor, I invite you to visit my blog at www.ipjn.com. Thank you for listening, and until the next Talking Opinions, goodbye. Thank you.